lot of work. I can't believe we spent that much time on that, but honey, <sighs> it was some good days. It, and some it was bad some days. great award yeah. shows, some amazing video shoots, yeah. some amazing magazine shoots. Uh, just some of the most beautiful places. People and people that we met. Yes, right? yes. Oh, the, oh, my goodness. Eric Spearman, the makeup mm-hmm, artist, mm-hmm. and Zynga. Mm-hmm, just some mm-hmm. of the, and you know, he's deceased. It is, it's so crazy when mm-hmm. I hear, mm-hmm. um, and just Mama Sib, you know, and, and the styling. Heck, yeah. Misa at the time. Yes, um, at the you time, know, one yes. of his, his daughter, his uh, puffs, uh, baby's well, baby, baby daddy, baby whatever. Daddy. I don't know what you yes. call it, but um, it was Justin, right? I forget. Yeah. But anyway, it's just so many, so many people, and um, so just a really good experiences, and I'm so glad that you got to share yeah, it with me. I am too. Thank you, and that, thank okay. you for trusting me to travel with you. Thank you for trusting me um, to be a part of that season of your life yeah it was yeah. a crazy season yeah. I said boy we drove you crazy didn't we uh, yeah but you know <laughs> you know here's the blessed part of our relationship <laughs> is that we knew we were diametrically different you know <laughs> she knew that I was the the saved everybody knew I was the saved Christian girl and so if they would get too like wild um she would go all right, change the music because the church girl's about to have a whole fit. <laughs> uh, stop cussing because the church girl's about she. So she protected. I did. She protected me in that uh-huh. way too, and I would just look at her and wink like thank you because it was getting the music would get all the way. You know, you talking that nineties like the music was all the way live. Mm. And, a curse where every other yes so that's what they wanted to listen to but you made sure that I was um we just we tried to be respectful, yeah, respectful. definitely yeah welcome to black aristocrat where kings and queens beam and get seen All right, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, there's a couple things I want to talk about, but I want to, we we kind of went a little bit about marriage, but there's something that I remember about you um, during those, our our early years, and it was that you always had teenage girls around you, and I just wanted to know, what, what was that all about? How did you end up with... I think you, I don't know. A bunch of teenagers. Yeah, a bunch of teenagers. But I I guess as youth ministers, but I mean, I'm talking about these these, uh, teens ended up coming to live with you years later. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when, before we got married, we started working with the youth, Pastor Phil and I, and um, I um, just connected with so many of the girls right before our wedding, July, we got married in September, in July. I got a diagnosis from the gynecologist that I couldn't have any children. Oh. In in July. Mm -hmm. And we were getting married in September. So I tried to call the wedding off because I was like, you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to give you children. Mm -hmm. So I think we should call the wedding off. Wow. He said, absolutely not. We are going to walk by faith Mm -hmm. and believe God for a child. So, of course, what happens to me? I get pregnant one month after the wedding. So now all the church people are counting the days, the minute. <laughs> I was in my heart, I was like, 
Please don't come early, little girl. Please don't come early. Never. Because then that would be scandalous. But Mm -hmm. all the kids were, you know, would hang out at my house. And I started off with me literally saying, let me do the girl's hair. Mm -hmm. That's it. Literally, it just started with me um, engaging the mothers and saying, I'll do their hair for free, but Mm -hmm. they needed help. Mm. And I really wanted to help them to feel beautiful and to feel good about themselves. So I built relationships with them. By the time I had my daughter, we had been um, youth pastoring for about seven years. Okay. And built great relationships with these kids. Um, a, A group particular, well, I'm close with all of them still to this day. Like there's, they call me, they come and see me, but... A couple of them ended up being closer than others um, and began to call me their godmother. Um, And the need was great. You know, they needed me to step in in places Mm -hmm. where their parents were incapable of doing that. So I I did. I thought I was a glorified babysitter. Really, I thought I was just (laughs) babysitting a bunch of people's kids. Mm -hmm. But God had another plan. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Sean, Flowers, Wyatt in particular, ended up being one of the young ladies that we sent off to college. And when she came back, she moved in with us. And and she never left. When mm-hmm. she left, she left to go sing background for Israel Halton mm-hmm. and um, now has mar- married to one of, the, one of the biggest artists out there, which is David Michael Wyatt. And we have been a part of every phase of her life. Wow. Um, so yeah, she's one of my sweethearts and my favorites. Yeah, her. I mean, I loved her and I loved Anina. I knew you know all the her sister. So they were all really close. She's and she's beautiful inside and out, honey. And so you did a fantastic job with her. But I think there's so many more. I just I always. I mean, we hung around a lot of the girls because of the nature of the 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 hair shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things with our hair shows is that we utilize the the the, the, the girls and the mm-hmm. children in the community. Yeah. I mean, from young babies. You remember mm-hmm. we did the little Flintstone looking yes. thing. Yes, that was the least. Uh, yeah. the, the Ryland kids. Yeah, yeah. the Ryland kids mm-hmm. and um and uh, Delisa's kids and then. Um, uh, Didi would uh, help us make, make those all fantastic costumes. costumes. Oh my God! Can you believe it? Amazing! She was amazing. Yes. She's still amazing yes. to this day. But she made. If I brought those pictures shows. out, you will just. Uh, but I'm gonna have some of the pictures flash just so I that we can flash some of them. I got them. They're downstairs. <laughs> They're great. I'm gonna show you some. And um, so. I just always knew that you had a heart for um, the teen girls. And I just, I I always admired that, you know, Um, just, I mean, I had my own little thing, but not to the level that you did where you brought them in your home and you, you know, literally put them through school and and did that, that type of that. That's just, I mean, kudos to you and hats off to you and your husband for, for taking that on and doing such a fantastic job with so many of the, uh, the youth that, that I just know about. Well, I made a promise to God when I came here. Like I said, I was coming from a really broken relationship and I made and and ended up in a bad relation, a really bad relationship as a young woman. So when I got here, I made God a promise. And my promise was I would help as many young women avoid the pitfalls in life that I had stepped into. Mm-hmm. And I did. Yeah, that was my goal. You did was and to it, assure that they didn't, and that they 
put God first. Yes. That was the most important thing to me. Because if I had put God first in those seasons of my life, I wouldn't have ended up in those bad relationships. You wouldn't. I wouldn't have made some of those bad decisions. Yeah, we don't know though. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. You know, we don't. We but don't always know by that. Mistake. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, right. Because yeah. Um, one thing about what I've learned about is that we're, you're not exempt from having difficult times. No, I mean, because that's not the not promise, right? Not the pro. But but what it is is um, you you know you're you're believing, right? You're believing and you're trusting. Yeah. And 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 having to me, it just gives me a greater a a, a a greater peace, right? When I'm going through something, I, I have I know that there's someone or something that's just kind of looking out for me that I can talk to when there's no one else to to be able to tell how you're feeling. And um that's it's just I, I can't imagine a relation not having that relationship. Absolutely. Um and so and but you know, just to see you, you've always uh, you've always walked it. And not just talked it. And so one of the things that we see, I, I see, you know, there's so many people, they just, they talk about what they're going to do. And I mean, it's it's all out here now, right? It's coming all out. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's right or wrong or true or not. But I can honestly say that I've seen you, you know, walk this thing out for a very long time. Even back then when I was a little heathen, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of my greatest lessons is that no realizing that nothing that happens in your life will go to waste with God. He uses every little piece of your life, every failure, every success, every bad decision, every bad relationship. He uses it to his glory. There's somebody out there that needs to hear your story and hear that the God that we serve got you through yes. that. Yes. So he nothing goes to waste. He uses every bit of it. It's just that at the time you don't realize that the pain that you're going through at that particular season mm-hmm. has a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know. So and and I one of the things I teach my the uh, the women now more and more women is not to use spirituality to anesthetize pain. Mm-hmm. You know, because many a times we'll say we'll just pray over it. And you know, walk around it seven times, and you know it'll be it ain't it'll be gone. But that doesn't work. This is about relationship with God, mm-hmm. and it's about knowing that even if I have to walk through this, I don't have to walk through this alone. alone. That's the part. Even if I have to go through the pain, I know that God is going to be the bomb of Gilead, and He's going to heal those broken places mm-hmm. in my heart that I have to to go through. So you know, it's that part. It's but it's not utilizing spiritual antics to say it's not there. Right. It is there. Pain is real. Yes. Pain is real. Yeah. And I know yeah. I can't sit when people do, you know, they mm-hmm. often discount it. And, mm-hmm. Oh, just pray about it. Just pray about mm-hmm. it. But in, and sometimes, you know, and I'd say my husband is is definitely strong in that, in that space for me mm-hmm. um, because, and, and I'm going to using that to kind of segue into, uh, I, there was a tough time that I was going through recently and he was just, um, you know, he kept saying, just, you know, just pray about it. You know, like you got, you got to talk to God about it. But I realized in hindsight, it wasn't something that he could really like bring me through. And so the best that he could do for me was pray about it, Mm -hmm. uh, pray for me Mm -hmm. and, and continue to encourage me to pray about it and then even pray with me. And, um, it was a difficult uh, time and I could, I thought it was going to be the end of the world, Mm -hmm. but I I can say prayer works because it it kind of just kind of took me through it and, um, 
And it was just uh, something in the Bible about sleep and rest, right? And I and because when you know you're going through something difficult, sometimes you 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 you're uneasy. You can't rest. You can't sleep. So my prayer was so simple as, can I get some sleep? Because yeah. if I get sleep, then I'll get a clear mind, and then I can work through and I can think about these things. And at the same, so I just that praying through it and talking to God through it, it was like, man, I just, I just can't believe that I was able to you know overcome. Um, um, and I don't know why I'm sharing that, but I'm oh, sharing it because that's it was good. just, it was definitely a tough time. And I just thought it was just like, no way, but I could not doubt God. I could mm-hmm. not doubt that it was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And then I had to, it was just some comfort in um, just knowing whatever, whatever it is. I got you. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's all right. Yeah. I got you. It was like, yeah, it was you. like some weird thing, but I was like, oh, okay. Well, you got me. That's right. <laughs> you got but me. But your husband's your covering, yeah. you know, which many, many women don't allow their husbands to actually be that. So that coming from your husband, just pray about it is him saying, activate your faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not saying I'm not praying for you because mm-hmm. he oh, is. No, I know. He He's saying, Activate your faith so that we could come into agreement that you're going to get through. That's good. And that and that's where the power comes in a couple when you guys can join your faith together. And here's here's the cool part. I always say to my husband, listen, if if you don't have enough faith, I'll loan you some of mine. Mm. So that you could get through. Mm. And if I don't have enough faith, I want him to loan me some of his. Yes. So it, and it's not doesn't always come in him preaching me a sermon or any it comes in those still voices. Mm-hmm. The still voice of saying, like, come on, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that he got you through the last time. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that you made it that 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 last thing you say, I'll never be able to make it through that. He got you through that. Like, don't forget, activate your faith. Isn't it easy to yeah. forget sometimes? It is. It is. Yes. And that so it, it, that that just brings me to uh, one of the questions that I did have here. Uh, just to, to talk about, you know, why I, it's one of the things that I, another one of the things, if it's not enough that you, you know, help raise girls, um, that that's amazing. Uh, but why family and marriage is so oh important to you? Um, because I, I mean, you've been married for how many years? 30 years. 30 years. 30 so you mean years. to tell me you and me years. have been kicking it? We've been knowing each other that long. Yes. Yes, we've been knowing each other that long, but and we've been in years. different places and different spaces. But um, it, you know, hey, nothing, nothing's really changed, and that's a, that's thirty years. So t- yeah. tell me, tell me why why is um, family and oh, uh, man and marriage so marriage so important, so important to you because you you uh, coach other couples. Hey, mm-hmm. you married me and my husband. Absolutely. Hey, you got yes. me to the altar. Girl, yes. Because I go, girl, Yes. You know, we almost <laughs> live. And there was a beautiful, it. it was a beautiful <laughs> wedding on a yacht. It was, it was, it was done Alicia style, you know. Okay. But, um, I will say that family and marriage is so important to me because one, it was important to God. Um, I think about the role of a wife, right? We get to we get to call ourselves wives. Being married pushes you to become somebody you would have never been before. Wow. So you could be a mother without being um, you could be a mother without being married, but you cannot be a wife without having a husband. 
And when you can, when you Oof. commit to that relationship, you Oof. are saying, God, I am sacrificially Oof. giving a portion of myself to this person just the way I am. Like I might be a whole royal mess, mm-hmm. right? But with all my flaws, I'm giving myself and I'm accepting him with all of his flaws. And you get to work out becoming better. So you get to be married and then you get to develop in marriage and then you get to become. And it's one of, become is one of my favorite words in the entire uh, dictionary because it leaves this whole realm of hope. You know, mm-hmm. it leaves this it leaves this gap from this is where I am now to this is where I I want to be. This is where I am now and this is where God wants me to be. It leaves this gap open for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and marriage will force you to grow. So I I love marriage because it makes yeah. you somebody that you never would have been without it, but somebody wow. you would never imagine yourself being you can become if you do it right you can become a kinder a more gentler yes yeah you can become someone who communicates better um and your communication in your marriage affects your communication in all your relationships Mm. if all you had to do is argue cases (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you would argue everything in marriage. Yeah. But marriage forced you to say, let me take off my lawyer hat mm-hmm. when I get home and be a wife. Wow. Because you can't be her. You can be her, but you can't be her when you walk through those doors. You have to become a wife. Wow. This is for the married wow. women out there. Yeah. So, hey. You know, and I know everybody, all the young ladies want to be a boss chick and, you know, you want to run your own business and you want, and that's great. Establish yourself, become everything that you want to be. And I know the rules of engagement now are become the greatest you before you get married. Well, the greatest you happens once you get married. Okay. Because God begins to deflate all of the egotistical, prideful areas of your heart, all the selfish areas of your heart. And marriage is God's way of obliterating selfishness. And when he's done with you, you're selfless and not selfish. Hey, amen. Amen. Yeah. That, that yeah. is good stuff. Because I yeah. can tell you, I was on the phone. I just caught up with someone yesterday and she's newly, you know, married um, like me. I think I don't remember how many years. I'm really, mm-hmm. and it's not I'm really a baby yeah. in this thing. And even though um, this was this was my husband's first marriage, it wasn't my first marriage. I got married younger, but I knew nothing about marriage. Yeah. It was yeah. not, it, I, I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, just ridiculous. You don't, I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. I'm not saying you can't, but with the right leadership, mm-hmm. the right, um, you know, how you and your husband raise up couples and mentor, how yeah. you mentor mm-hmm. and, and um, counsel and yeah. Yeah. And all that. If I had that, if I had that, maybe it could have been something different, but I'd realized that two people have to be involved. And I found myself on a text message, if you read it, telling someone about being kinder that, yeah about being forced to be kinder. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that mm-hmm. you would say that. This is yesterday. Look at you being a marriage counselor. Can you Alicia. listen? <laughs> I was like, I, I was it. like <laughs> the way you have to 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 speak to him because yeah. my husband said that to me, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm used to like a really like soft, mm-hmm. laid back type 
And this is a little bit much, you know? And then I'm like, yeah, you would have ran all over me if I would have been softer and kinder because he's a macho man, you know? And uh, so I was sharing this with someone, and it was just after the phone call. I kind of didn't want to, like, talk at someone, but I texted, and I said, well, let me just tell you something I've learned. And literally the text message that I got back said, now this is the kind of conversations that I need to be having. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was a powerful. That's that is powerful. And but again, if you had never gone through phases in your marriage where you had to learn if I had those. never had the counseling, yeah. I did marriage counseling with yes. you. Yeah. Um, you and your husband married mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. my husband. And, but before you got us there, we went through the courses. You made us go through mm-hmm. the counseling and you've consistently made yourself available, not just for me. Um, but how about date night with the Davises? Yes, I Tell love me it. a little bit about that. Well, this started actually during COVID because every since my daughter was one years old, we started something that every Friday we would go on a date. Yeah. So I remember we, you had date we recruited dates. my my mom and even if I had to work at the salon at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. At night, it didn't matter. We would go on a date at 11 o'clock I at remember. Night. My husband would wait patiently at that salon for me to get done. <laughs> <laughs> patiently. But that was our date night. And yes. um, even if I had to say, hey, Leash, can I um, just schedule a dinner? Like, can I go to dinner from 7, 6 to 7 real quick? And then I'll come back and work till 11. He didn't care. It was just our time to just go and get away. And we never stopped. So it went, here comes COVID, y'all, kicking marriages in the butt, mm-hmm. making people um, look at each other every day who hadn't spent time together at all because they travel or they work in different sundry locations. And now here they are in the same space. And we're getting caught. I mean, this, I'm not talking about a few calls. We are counseling like nine, 10 couples at a time. Yeah. And trying to wow. juggle it like five weeks, five this week, five the next week and alternating them. Um, And we realized that, all right, we're doing date night every Friday. Let's do it online. Mm -hmm. So we made it live and we added games in. And then we also took time to minister to the couples Mm -hmm. on date night and pour into them and give them a chance to ask us questions. Mm -hmm. So we did that and, it just kind of rolled over once COVID was over. They were like, can we do date night with the Davises in person? Yeah. So we did it. So now we're doing it in person like every month or every other month and as consistent as we possibly can. And it is our heart. It is our heart's desire. Because if you can start with the the if you can start with the husband and the wife, mm-hmm. then it affects the family. Yeah. So when you Amen. ask the question about family, it affects everybody. If these two people are on one accord, mm-hmm. then the kids are going to be good. Or mm-hmm. if the kids aren't good, y'all will work it out together. Yeah. You know, so it, it it is just such a, it's a power dynamic that is so necessary, but it's a kingdom mindset to make sure that the marriage is working properly so that the rest of the family functions well. But we have a great time. So catch us at date night with the Davises if you're in the area. Well, catch you independently um, as the wife saver. 
Hmm. And I love, love, love that hashtag. It's not just a hashtag. I think it's one of your handles. Mm -hmm. And the wife saver is just, to me, it, it means exactly what it is, girls. I don't know about any of you out there, but marriage is difficult. And so the 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 thing that that folks um, it ha it has its glory now. I ain't not, I'm not complaining. I, I don't think that there is any. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know how folks say, um, oh, I could do or I don't know or I'll mm -mm. be by myself. or Oh, absolutely not. Because, um, no, not when you have it and it's a good marriage. Yeah. When you got a God-ordained marriage right. and you got Makes a good God-fearing man, it is nothing that, that protects you. Mm -hmm. The feeling of that protection and um, being equally yoked. That's yes. another thing um, yeah. where you're on, where you're on a sa same, a, a same level. You're not, to, you know, you're not necessarily, I mean, if it's financial, cause that's a big deal, but I mean, it is tough when you got to take care of a guy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a harder place to be. Cause I'm used to a man's man. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I wish for every woman to have a real man's man and to have a husband who actually does it biblically actually protects you and um i also wish that there with it like there's someone to remind um all us strong independent women uh me being one of those strong independent women um that uh, to, to be a wife saver, mm -hmm. you know, because basically mm -hmm. that saves my life, that saves my marriage. And so if you find yourself struggling or something in your marriage or, or trying to figure out how to work within your marriage and be better, I, I mean, there's there's nothing better than the work that you do yeah. under your wife saver platform. So did you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, this is one of the areas that I love. Um, I can't tell someone how I don't have the magic uh, system of how to be a wife. I, I really don't. But what I can say is that you have a choice whether to have a good marriage or a great marriage. And I asked God from the beginning, I said, I don't want a good marriage because to me that sounds mediocre. I want a great marriage. Yes. And the thing that the Lord said to me is that what are you willing to do for that? So when he challenged me with that question, every time I had a smart mouth, an attitude or anything, mm. he would remind me, what are you willing to do for a great marriage? Mm. If the need was to change, to, to live a more softer life, I know that's what they're calling it these days, mm -hmm. right? You know, <laughs> that, that you have to live the soft life, right? So if you're, would you be willing to change your, your tone because what we didn't realize is that a lot of our tone and a lot of our attitudes um, were, they came from past relationships. They stemmed from past relationships where we had trauma um, and someone who mishandled us as women. So now you get these good men that mm -hmm. want this good man who wants to marry you and you take it out, all of it out on, mm -hmm. on that on person, right? And th here's the thing, you know that that's a good man. If he's patient enough to say, I'm going to stay while you get better and I'll be a part of your healing, mm. right? Mm. So that, so I can't tell you how to be a good wife, but I can, I, I'm going to be honest I'm going to tell all, I'm going to tell the truth. The one thing that I despise is that you have a lot of married couples who try to, um, pr the propaganda on social media is that their, their marriage is great. Yeah. Like everything's great. They're promoting that everything is great. Well, everything is not perfect mm -hmm. in my marriage, but I have a great marriage. 
Absolutely. And, and people can learn from your mistakes. They cannot learn from your lies. Wow. Cannot learn from your lies. So you have wow. to, if you're going to promote yourself as a wife saver, wife coach, um, you know, do wife, do marriage ministry, you have to be willing to tell the, the not just the clean, sanitized version of your marriage, but you got to tell them the dirty the dirty side that got you to where you are and the, the part of it, the dirty, unsanitized version that says, I had a problem with my mouth. See, I'm saying that out loud, right? Yes. I had a problem with my mouth. <laughs> but the Lord worked it out. <laughs> but the Lord is working it out. <laughs> you said work, work in progress. <laughs> so I love marriage. I love helping wives to become a greater way. I love that part of it. I'm just, it's just who I am. Here, here's what I say. My such as I have, as, as the Bible says, I don't have much to give, but the such as I have to give, mm-hmm. I want to give all of it. I want to leave this place, this earth on empty. Mm. I want to give it all out. Cause I was about to get to that. Yeah. I was like, at some point when you're, you're pastoring and, and that's, that must've been a, a choice. I don't know if the choice was made <laughs> it, for you. <laughs> or, thank you God <laughs> for not telling me about that little trick <laughs> up your sleeve. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, can't. I, I mean, if it wasn't enough being a first lady, oh, imagine man. that you <laughs> Now I'm a pastor. Yes. Yes, a co-pastor. And that's what I call smart. So isn't that amazing? Yeah. That you um that just just wow, full circle, huh? Yeah. Well, in such a misogynistic world, there's a lot of people who don't believe in women in ministry. They don't believe in women um pastors and they don't believe in women ministering the word to men. Yeah. You can minister to women, but you can't minister to yeah. men. So breaking the, in this season, women are breaking the glass ceiling mm-hmm. and saying that I am qualified to carry mm-hmm. the word of God mm-hmm. just like any man. And that is, you know, that's a big accomplishment for a lot of women. So I don't I don't see that as a light thing. I'm very honored to be called pastor. Um I am honored to serve in that that capacity and serve the people that I get to serve. And really it is. The greatest of these should be the least of these. The greater the title, the least you are. You have to be the best servant. Mm -hmm. So I'm a I'm a servant and I just wanna I wanna make sure that I serve the people that God has given me um, the ability to serve Mm -hmm. the right way. You are Best doing a fantastic, and that, and I mean, and that's that's yeah. all that can be asked, and and um, that that's just amazing. I've I've seen it come full circle, so I mean, it's just. Did wow. you know? No, and, you didn't. You know, the thing is, is I um did I, I mean, to me, you were always pastoring anyway. Yeah. So I guess. It, and so it was just like when the, the church, you know, kind of voted and did that and you came into that. And that was one. Of, I tell you, that's one of the best memories of my life. Wow. Just seeing you bawl and cry. I've got some of the best pictures and like it, it was it was so emotional yeah. and um, and uh, just just a really proud moment. And then 
uh, you've just always walked it. And um, and it's so funny because I just look at you and Pastor Phil and I see us as the young people that we were. Like, I don't even like the fact that we're the age that we are now. It's so weird because I still look at us like we were the like we're these young yeah. people. Um, so we're young people doing big grown up stuff. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're married. We're, yes. You're running business. You're mm-hmm. running a blog. Yeah. Subscribe, follow, and share. Oh yes, 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 yes. And so, so I, I really appreciate. Uh, I can appreciate what you were saying about. Um, you know, how some believe, don't necessarily believe in um, women in, in, as pastoring. Um, but one of the neat things about what you and your husband have going is that you are co-pastors. Yeah. And so um, you're, no longer are you uh, just attending as first lady, you, you know, yes. of the church and, and serving. Now you are able to get on that pulpit. I mean, you were doing that anyway, but now you're, it's, it's different, right? Yeah, it's different. It, it's a, a totally different. Yes. So what, what is that? Like, what was the transition? Like, say, what were some of the, what, what's different now from being a first lady to pastor? Well, first is the expectation of the people. The first thing is that the people's expectation, you got to remember is that, you know, there's so many sects of Chris, of Christianity. You know, you have the Baptist, you have the Pentecostal, you mm-hmm. have Methodist. I kind of um, like the Pentecostal. You have the non-denominational, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have a little bit of everything. So in our church, we have a Maj Podge. We say we're Baptocosta. Betha, me, Beth, yeah. you know, we don't know, we, we don't really have a, a name or whatever on it, but um, people come with their backgrounds and so their expectations are for like the pastor's wife or the, the co-pastor. And here's what I used to tell people when I was a first lady, I would say somewhere out there, there's a book, mm-hmm. there's a manual for pastor's wives mm. and it tells me how to dress, how to wear my hair what kind of makeup I should and should not wear, Mm -hmm. the clothing I should and should not wear, the things I should and should not do. And here's the the thing. Y'all have it, but I don't. Mm. So I don't have your manual. So you're going to have to just accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And when I came to the revelation of being okay with who I was Mm -hmm. as a pastor, as a minister first and a first lady and when it became time for me to become a pastor, I was confident enough in the in God mm. calling me to this level that I knew that if He brought me there, that He was He prepared me, and that He was going to carry me through. Yeah. So it, the difference is the expectations for the people, but it also is the expectations you put on yourself. So you know, once I got over, like, hey, I'm not going to live under your expectations. Now, what what heavy load of expectations did I put on myself? Oh. You know, and I had to remove that. And I was sharing with you the other day the simplicity of one of my favorite scriptures out of 1 Kings. Um, there's this trans transaction uh, that happens between Solomon and God in a dream. Um, he said he went up, he went up to make sacrifices. And when he fell asleep, he, the Lord spoke to him in the dream. And the Lord said, ask of me, whatever you want. 
And Solomon's response started off with like, you, you made me king and I'm not even worthy. I'm a kid. And this is my heart. This is what mm-hmm. I'm saying to God. Yeah. Like, you made me a, a pastor's wife and I'm not even worthy right. of that. And, you know, I don't really have the wisdom to do this. So he finally gets to his answer and he says, give me the wisdom to lead your people. Yes. And to discern right from wrong. Mm-hmm. For who should know how to do this? And that was like a turning point for me, for me to be able to say those words to God at every level, becoming a minister, becoming a a minister's wife, becoming a pastor's wife, becoming a, a minister on my own, and then becoming a pastor, to keep that same request before the Lord. Yeah. Like, give me discernment. Mm-hmm. On how to lead and the wisdom on how to lead your people and the discernment from right from wrong. Mm -hmm. Because on our own, we don't know what's right. And I'm not talking about right in people's eyes. I'm talking about right in God's God's eyes. eyes. Yeah. So that was the the difference for me is that, you know, I had to get over my own, their expectations and my own, my expectations of myself. Yeah. That's a lot of expectations. And um, so with, with that, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have a lot of people counting on you. I mean, your, your, your church grew exponentially this year, uh, alone. And, um, that's just, that's amazing. The numbers, um, and then you have multiple locations and, um, so we're not playing, you know, it's not, this is, <laughs> these are, these are big things. And so you've got a lot of people. Um, I'm loving it. I love that it's a, a, a Baptocostal, whatever that <laughs> you said, because I think to me, I think that's what's bringing the people mm-hmm. is just the, you know, the freedom um, to be all of those things, mm-hmm. you know, not overly conservative, but then, uh, but have that, I, you know, I've been hanging out in Texas. I've been hanging out with uh, Apostle mm-hmm. Tina Williams. Mm-hmm. And so let me tell you, they get laid down on the floor, mm-hmm. laid down with sheets all mm-hmm. over the floor. They, mm-hmm. they let, they tear up the church. Yeah. So when I came from something like that in Texas, I just was like, Hey, and because I, t- I went to regular and then I went there and it was just no turning back from there. So I love that it has that mix that, you know, you're, it, you can go and clap your hands and you can, you know, if it's the run, Holy Ghost. There and, yeah, there's the runners. Run. Oh, you the runners. We got a couple runners yes, in the I love house it. And, I love it so yeah. much. But that's the church that I've been, you know, accustomed to since mm-hmm. I've gotten, you know, spent a lot of my time in the South um, because I, you know, now have the homes here and and the home there. So let's let's just like break it down. We have like covered so much. I know. We covered is, so much. This is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing to be able to share. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, I I, I like I said, I can't I cannot believe that you um you honored me with your presence. Um and I just um I just I wanna I wanna do well and I wanna represent you well. Um, you. you know, you. and um, I wanted to talk a little bit about in your you like, OK, we talk about you, Oof. you know, as a wife. <laughs> we talked about you as a, a mom mm-hmm. um, to not only your daughter, uh, Rachel, but also to all the other young women that you 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 mommed. I mean, basically, yeah. that's what you did. 
And uh, so what is it? What's going on with you now? What's up with you? Wow. What's up? There's so much going on <laughs> in this season. Um, so in the past, I had written two books. Um, one was called The Beast with the Beast Within, Every Woman's Secret Battle, um, because we all have a beast within, ladies. Um, and then my second book um, was in the midst of the greatest transition in my life, and it's called Desperate Worship, mm. Desperately Seeking God. And that, uh, for me, was it represented a season in my life where I was so hungry, and I still am, but it, my hunger for God mm-hmm. went from from here mm-hmm. all the way to mm-hmm. to here, mm-hmm. and it's I would say it stayed there. Wow! You know, but and that was that, and it stayed yes, there. Yes, all the way up, <laughs> all the all the way up. I'm sorry, so. I, I couldn't help you. <laughs> and that and that's an that was an important season for me. But just recently, I did another journal that, and I'll call it a journal, but it's more than that. It's more like a workbook. Um, for those people who want to grow in Christ. So it's called a Grow You Journal. And I didn't have it, couldn't think of any other word to call it except for journal. But it is going to take you through um, a transition and a and a um, challenge to grow, to grow in biblical principles like prayer, studying and reading your word, and then memorizing that word. Because the word, the, the Bible says that word have I hit in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So you, we can't just, we can't just read the word and not memorize it, not get it in your heart. Because some, at some time, God wants to use it to bless somebody else. So you're going to need that word. Uh, we'll remember, we'll memorize words to a song. But I'm challenging you to memorize God's word, okay. you know. So it's in there, and there's all of these different uh, spiritual disciplines. It also deals with some of your mental health, mental health being a big issue right now. And now, you know, there were a season where we didn't really deal with that back, mm-hmm. you know, when we were young. Oh, no. Mental Everything health was swept under the rug. Swept under mm-hmm. the carpet. Mm-hmm. You're going to be all right. What's wrong with you? You're going to be all right, exactly. right? What's you're going to be all you? right. You and know, now, you better now, get it together. Yeah, I love about this generation is that they're very in touch with their emotions. So, but it's for everybody, even for the older women. Like, go back, dig up some of that childhood trauma, dig up some of that stuff that happened to you, and find out if you're really okay. Yes. Because if you're not okay, then that means you drug some of that stuff from your childhood mm-hmm. to your teen, to mm-hmm. your womanhood, and to your marriage, yep. to your mothering. Yeah. And we want to make sure that you're mentally healthy. So the book really takes you on this journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want women to grow. And what's the name of it again? The Grow You Journal. Grow You Journal. Yeah, you can get that on the Christina M. com website. You can go there. All right. Yeah. Well, that so is amazing. That, and then we have our up and coming women's conference. So this oh. is my, this is the. This is your season? This is my season. I'm in full blown planning uh, mode for the women's conference. When is that? That's coming up in April. April. It's coming up okay. in April. I don't want to get the dates wrong, but I believe it's the 19th through the 21st. And it's called, the theme for this year is called The Exchange. And every year we have a theme that we set um, that really drives what we want to, what the Lord lays on my heart for the women to get that mm-hmm. that year. So this year it's the exchange. And when you think about the exchange, first the first greatest exchange was Christ dying for our sins. Yes. 
and given his life for ours. And he still continues that exchange with, if we have sadness, there's joy for our sadness. Yes, yes. You know, there is, there's, he always has something better Mm -hmm. for the worst that's in our life. But then you think about stuff like this. This is the exchange. Mm. And many a times we forget this type of exchange. Mm -hmm. When you can take what you have and what you've learned and what you know and pour into somebody else. Mm-hmm. So there's the exchange that comes directly from heaven, but then there's the exchange that we have with one another. So we want to really cover all of that at the conference. Mm-hmm. We want to dig in. Our justice cause is women empowerment. Okay. So we are really going to be pushing for those women who want to start a business, mm-hmm. want to start a you know, a podcast, want to start, write a book, whatever, and really giving them that extra push they need and courage that they need to do it and do it afraid like you did when you were a young woman. Yes. Do it afraid. So I'm excited about that. Do it afraid. I love it. Hey, I should have wrote that book. That's a good title, y'all. Do it afraid. Wait, we just, hey, we on the song. That's it. That's it right there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's what you did. I mean, you you put that out because (laughs) there's been a lot of times it's been doing it afraid or where where I did not feel equipped. Mm -hmm. Um, Even becoming a lawyer, I didn't. I mean, I was a a high school dropout. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest with you. That part, right? There. Yeah, and, and a but high, you did it. Yeah, a high school dropout it. who went back to school at, in my thirties and ended up going to college and law school. And but I, I mean, I dropped out, but I got a GED right away. Yeah, so one yeah. of the one of the things, the only reason that happened for me. I asked my mom to sign me out of school because I was uh, I had a child young mm-hmm. and I did not want welfare. I, mm-hmm. I just did not want that. And I just didn't think it was enough money. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to work. And so mm-hmm. that was the exchange. If mm-hmm. you sign me out of school, I'll take the GED. Had no study and mm-hmm. didn't study a thing. Just went and just took went it. And took I'll it. go take it. And I signed up to take it. And she said, OK, if you sign up to take it, that's fine. And I'll sign you out of school. And I took it. And it was a... It was an exchange. Yes. She told me, do this and I do that. And so I said, I passed the GE, went and sat down, took the test, passed it, and she signed me out. And that was how that went. And look at you now. Isn't that something? Y'all see this? Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you have God in your life. This is what you have. (laughs) From GE When you have God in your life right here. (laughs) That, your testimony to so many women who think, you know, having a child at an early age is a hindrance and it doesn't have to be. No. I'm a product of, my mom had me at 15. Yeah, yeah. And she got a college degree Mm -hmm. and, you know, has success stories. So, you, you you don't have to let that stop you. Yep. If you're out there, don't let it stop you. Oh, I was a little praying thing yeah. back then. Yeah. So when you say it, it's 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 sometimes you have to kind of look back at it because um, when everybody tried to tell me not to have my child or, you know, this was going to destroy my life, I literally was walking to church back then. Mm. I was a young, but that's what kept me. And that's who, that's who babysit my child, a woman from the church. Mm-hmm. They just let me come in and mm-hmm. they just like loved up on me. I'd serve breakfast. I'd be cooking in the kitchen with the older folks. Mm-hmm. 
just as young and did not know what was going on with me, but he kept me. And that's why I, I you know, love that Yolanda Adams songs, Jesus Kept Me, because yeah. he just kept me. And even when I was in law school and I had very little money um, riding up and down with a little bit of gas every four hours mm, each weekend mm, mm, mm. from Houston to Dallas, I'd be like, They don't know. People don't know <laughs> they don't how know you struggling. got here. Yes, yes, yes no. And so I, I, um, I just want to say that I appreciate so much all all the things that you're doing in the community. I, for one, hope to get your workbook and work through it um, because one of the things that I'm intentional was my word last year. Believe it or not, my word for this year is give back. Wow. And so it's 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 so crazy because I don't know where it came from. It just me talking about what this looks like. And that just means teaching. Yeah. But in order to teach, you also have to be a studier, right? That's right. And so That's right. I'm a studier of that word and I'm doing it. I'm, I'm taking the initiative to do it as if I was going through a college course. That's great. So I'm learning it um, that way. And so if there's any pointers that you have for anybody, since you're, is it all in, in the book? Like it's, as far all, as it's all in there. And I made a mistake at the beginning. I said, oh, you could do this in a month. No, you can't. No, you can't. Don't read that part. Just erase this. Draw a line through. Do it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. If you purchase my book, do it at your own pace because there are there's an area. There are areas in there every every that I had for every week that deal with forgiveness mm-hmm. and yes. um, that that you have to stop. Mm-hmm. If you may get stuck there because many of us are dealing with unforgiveness, and that's an area of growth. Wow. Mm-hmm. That so many people uh, struggle mm-hmm. with it. It really hinders. It hinders the growth in your Bible study. It mm-hmm. hinders the growth in your understanding of God's word. Because if you can't understand that God forgave you and that now you're required to forgive other people, mm-hmm. then you're already stuck. Mm-hmm. The exchange happened on your side, but now you got to give it back. So I, it, I challenge you to to write down those people. Who have hurt you. But then I also challenge you to write down the people you might have hurt. Mm-hmm. So because sometimes it's not it's not always that you right. need to forgive people. Sometimes people need to forgive. Yeah. Sometimes you everybody also. ain't just hating on That's you. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> you the hater. Don't be the victim. <laughs> Don't be the victim all the time. Shake sometimes. Your That's right. Just, you gotta sometimes be the one. you got to shake your And you got to yeah. go back yeah. and fix it yeah. with somebody and reconcile with somebody. And, and God says that we should be reconcilers. So, you know, that's important. So it, it has it all in there. And I, I really want it to be a blessing to a lot of people. Oh, well, I, I'm looking forward yeah. to, to to getting into it. I'm yeah. getting into it. Um, that's that's so interesting though that you would say that because it's it just kind of aligns with um where I'd like to go this year. And so I think that's just gonna be something that we all could utilize and all pick up and um and and take off with that. Um and one of the things, you know, that's the other thing that I tried to get out of, like um I've been a, a baby in Christ for quite some time now. And so, um, but what I was doing was, you know, you're just picking up, you're picking up the Bible and you're reading this here and you're picking up the Bible and you're reading this here. Or you go to church and you hear a sermon and you don't have it like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where it, And it's so, it's sporadic and you can't really like, 
uh, regurgitate the stories or understand how it applies or like you said, give the word or, you know, memorize some of the words so that you can, you know, regurgitate that to someone else when it, you know, when when you hear some sort of pain or something that they're dealing Mm -hmm. with. So I absolutely can appreciate that because I, I'm str- I'm strategic about it. So mm-hmm. having a guide that will uh, you know help me be more strategic in my walk in my studies um, because hey I can't if I, I had to say to myself you can't be excellent at what you do in life and then not be excellent about this relationship that you Come have on. with this God yes. and that when I got that realization I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the same one that oh, you yeah. got that took you from absolutely. here to here and did that that scares me a bit. Yeah. But if that is like, I mean, that's that's how dedicated and disciplined I am to to getting to that. Because I'm like, no, there's just no way I'm going to leave this earth without having knowing that that book, mm-hmm. knowing knowing how to talk about that, understand it mm-hmm. over and over and over as if it's a part of my life. Well, you know, spiritual disciplines are minimized in Christianity. Mm-hmm. People don't want to take the time to pray. People don't want to take the time to read. It literally, I literally say, it's okay if you start with one minute of prayer. Mm-hmm. God, help me. Mm-hmm. I used to think at one point that was God's nickname for me. God, help me. Because <laughs> I think that's all I said. And I after that, there were tears. <laughs> so I had, wow. that was my one minute wow. prayer. So it, maybe that's where you're at in your life. But if that's what you, where you're at, start there and then add on another minute the following week. Mm-hmm. God, help me with. Mm-hmm. Tell them what you need help with the following week and then add on another minute the next week. Spiritual disciplines are created by repetition. Mm. And it's like you working out. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to yeah. work out, then you may not be able to do five reps the mm-hmm. first week that you go to work out. You may be able to do one. And then every week you just keep adding on until you get stronger and stronger. Spiritual disciplines are about mm-hmm. you getting stronger so that you can grow yes. in Christ. And that's not going to happen by osmosis because you just go to church. Yes. <laughs> it's right. not. I had to you figure that out. You got to put the work yeah. in. You got to put the work in. I so. love going. I love singing yeah. and dancing. But this year, I said, uh-uh. Put the work Just in. like you teach it. Just like mm-hmm. I study everything else. I study it like I study mm-hmm. in a college course. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you see my books, you would think mm-hmm. I was up here like some kind of professor. Yeah. People something. study Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Hulu. And Prime. But they don't study God's were and we gotta get we gotta get Christians to the place it's where fun. that's it really is. Yeah. And it's like your a, a world opens up to you. And my husband has this thing he says, he says, walk the pages. Step into the pages of the Bible and walk the pages and question the scriptures. Ask the scriptures like, God, well, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. And then read on to see why it happened, oh. you know? But that's it, it's like that engaging book. It's the greatest book ever written. My so. mom said that. And so it is. I'm um I'm like I said, I'm taking it. I took a step back and I told you I'm doing like like teen Bible because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to know the stories. Mm-hmm. I want to put the stories together. And um and it's some stuff, you know, I question it, but one of the neatest things is that I that I learned in one of either my Bible handbook or my commentary, um, not concordance. Everybody gets that. That's just mm-hmm. looking up words and seeing where mm-hmm. you can find something mm-hmm. that relates to it. I'm talking about real real stuff, commentaries, uh, Bible handbooks, things like that. Those those books are written by some of the top theologians in the world mm. that existed. So many a times, what they've done is they've said 
they said, this is, let me explain this scripture for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Let me explain this story for you so that when we get stuck, we don't have to just bypass it and say, well, I'm going to just read past it and mm-hmm. beyond it. Go to the commentaries and get understanding. Yes. Let the theologians that really took the time to study it and dig for you, let them explain it to mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. It's a simple, it's a simple theory. It's not, it's not anything deep. It's just that people don't want to go the extra mile. Yeah. I like going the extra in. mile. Dig in. It's, it's a part in. of me. I mean, I can't just, yeah. I can't be out here spitting the, mm-hmm. the law in the mm-hmm. way that I do. And, and it's not like television where you get to show up. No, you got to mm-hmm. write about it. That's you got to study it. You got to mm-hmm. know where to find it. You got to mm-hmm. understand the elements and you got to, you got to apply the law and the facts. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of same way same that theory. I use that yeah. to be able to understand because I can't just read it. But um, the, the, the point that I was thinking of that I met is to try when you're reading it is I had to learn this because at first I was like, wait a minute, women get pain because mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you of know, one? yeah, because of, of this. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this. That's right. And I was like, just, oh, okay, now I don't want to read it. That's how I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I don't want to read it. They don't like, they don't like women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I had to get to the point where it's like, don't read more into it than it is. Right. Don't put things into it. Don't let this world, these things, what you have Mm -hmm. come into it when you're reading it. Read it for what it is Mm -hmm. and don't make up the stuff around it, you know. And so I learned. But but also understanding the history that, you know, something like that, the misogyny of how women were seen and treated and understanding that it didn't start with us. Mm, yay. You know, Sorry, like, oh, I got excited, but yeah. It yes. didn't start with us. Mm-hmm. Like, this has been ongoing. The, these, This is something that God was trying to uh, shift in men mm-hmm. for a long time. So when you go back, like, why are you mad? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you this mad, mm-hmm. and they had the worst of it. Mm. We don't, We got, you know, we got rights, and we got women's hey, rights. D- how about that? We have feminists. We have people standing <laughs> for us. And they didn't have all of them. Mm-hmm. They had God yep. standing for them and trying to change, do the hardest thing possible, and that's changed the heart of a man. Wow. So, you know, we, you know, I, I look at it from the historical backdrop also and understanding that it was a different time mm-hmm. back then. It doesn't, but some things haven't changed. Right. There are some things, Alicia, that haven't changed. And when we read the Bible, we realize that this is an ongoing work. Yes. And we have work to do. Oh, yeah. We have work to do. So if we're going to make a change, find something, let it become a passion for you, and then change it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's changing women. Mm -hmm. It's empowering women. It's making women believe in who God said they are yes and what they can do so that that that's my my little uh, my little um, impact in the world is to do that because for so long we didn't feel that way yes and that's why they call you lady K because mm-hmm. you've been such a lady about it yeah. You've well, been such dainty a lady. and dangerous. Yes, you, you've just been such a lady <laughs> you about it. You can be dainty it. and dangerous uh, at the same time. But I love but, it. I love it, mm-hmm. and I respect it. And um, yeah, it doesn't. You don't. You, you, the way that you do it, you do it with so much grace. 
so yeah. much Thank grace. You. And, you know, and, and you. I just, um, I can definitely appreciate that. And I think we have talked about so everything. Much. Well, not everything, um, but we, not everything, know, we got but so much history. I feel fulfilled <laughs> and um, I feel fulfilled from the conversation. I also, yeah. there's a lot of thoughts that are coming to my mind. Um, and I cannot wait to get your my hands on your book, a copy of the the book. And um, of course, I will uh, be flying back no matter where I'm at to be here for the women's conference. And I just wanted to take this moment and take a take a moment to say um, thank you for coming on the Everything's Coming Up Roses podcast. Um, it basically means that things are going well for you in your life and um, you're having great success and um, you exude um, you exude grace and you exude uh, power. And I just look at you and I'm just honored. And I think that it is time that you get your flowers. Mm -hmm. And I thank you so much for your friendship um, and just just this whole lifelong journey that we've yes. been on, it is so good. And yeah. I'm so glad where it's at. And we and ain't done I, yet. Yeah, <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> Let me give you, take a moment. We have something for you. Thank you. And I wanted to give these to you. Thank you so much to you and to the entire team of Everything's Coming Up Roses. Everything's Coming Up Roses. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to subscribe right here, right now to our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on all socials at Alicia Melvin ESQ and hashtag Black Aristocrats. Thank you so much for joining us.